Hey everybody and welcome back to Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. I am your host Josh Sanchez and man it has been about three to four weeks since you guys have last heard me. Ah man a lot has happened in three to four weeks in the sporting world and also with my life as well. Just wanted to update you guys and let you guys know that I received brand new podcasting equipment. I now have a soundboard. I have a couple of professional mics. And I also was waiting for my laptop to come in. And it finally came in. So now I have a MacBook Pro. And I am super, super excited as I am. This is the first podcast that I'll be recording using all of these equipment. So without further ado, we have a lot of store in store for you guys today here on Swoop Radio because James Harden was traded. We got to get into that. We also have to talk about the 76ers and how their season has gone so far this year. They're great. They're sitting at eight and four. And I know we have a tough schedule coming up and we've also had problems with the COVID-19 and I'll get into that later. And then we also got to get into the Philadelphia Eagles because Doug Peterson, Super Bowl champion winning coach, has also been fired from the Philadelphia Eagles. So we got to get into that. We also got to talk about the Eagles draft a little bit. That'll be more for next week's podcast because I have a couple names and I've really been uh, scouting and taking my time. Who do you think the Eagles are going to take with that six pick? Are they going to trade down? All possibilities aside. And then we also got to get into some NFL weekly picks in the divisional round. I actually betted a couple games on wildcard weekend. I actually won $100 because I was obviously, I, I loved my picks. The Browns with a huge upset over the Steelers. The Rams over the Seahawks. That was my pick of the week. So I'm going to get into that as well. And we just have a lot in store. So without further ado, you guys can listen to Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. All you have to do is search Swoop Radio on the web and I pop right up. Also hit that follow button on Instagram and Twitter at Swoop Radio underscore. Very easy to find. And also hit that subscribe button because... We're all fans of the podcast here. So without further ado, we're going to get with our first topic. We are going to talk about the James Harden trade because the Sixers obviously were one of the front running teams. And in, if you guys want my honest opinion, I honestly did not really see James Harden as a fit here in Philadelphia. I think the only reason why the Philadelphia 76ers were relevant was because the Rockets wanted to tick off Daryl Morey and also give him payback for how he left Houston. For those who do not know, Daryl Morey is the Philadelphia 76ers current president of basketball operations. And what he did was he wanted to retire. So he left Houston because he wanted a year off. And then he ends up signing with the Philadelphia 76ers. (laughs) Once we got Doc Rivers, literally a week later after he announced his retirement, So that's a little backstory on Daryl Morey and the Rockets. They definitely do have some beef. I'm not going to lie to you. So that's why I personally think that the Sixers stayed relevant in the Rockets talks because here's what the Rockets wanted if the Sixers were to trade this. And I want you guys to either comment 
or voice your opinion once you guys hear this podcast, uh, the question I'm about to ask. So, would you take this deal? James Harden, so the Sixers would get James Harden and P.J. Tucker for Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Steibel, Ben Simmons, and four first-round picks. Would you take that deal? And there's no negotiating. You can't swap out Tyrese Maxey for somebody else because Tyrese Tyrese Maxey right now is playing like a top three rookie of the year candidate right now. You can make a case for him winning rookie of the year right now. He's averaging around 12 points, three rebounds, three assists. He's a great defending guard, and he looks like he's starting to come out of his shell. He's taking more shots a game, way more than Ben Simmons, I must add. So would you take that deal? As a Sixers fan and also analysis, I and that and analyst sorry guys bad English I would not take that trade now if it was Ben Simmons and James Harden straight up maybe Ben Simmons Matisse Stiebel and a couple picks for James Harden and PJ Tucker yeah I'll take that but I'm not gonna give up Tyrese Maxey he is untouchable right now he is 20 years old and is looking like the steal of the draft the worst thing you want to do is get rid of him So that was the deal. So now we got to get into the actual trade that went down. So James Harden went to the Brooklyn Nets in a blockbuster deal involving four teams. So the Rockets, and this is and this is one of the teams involved with the trade. So the four teams are the Houston Rockets, Indiana Pacers, Brooklyn Nets, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. So this is what ended up happening. Sorry, guys, I'll get to the point. So the Rockets are acquiring Karis LeVert, Dante Exum, Radonis Krukas, and four first-rounders, including the Cavs 2022 pick uh, via the Milwaukee Bucks. And they're also getting four pick swaps that are unprotected. And Jared Allen and Tayshaun and Taryn Prince are going to Cleveland. So that's what happened so far. Then what happened was the Rockets ended up trading Karis LeVert to the Indiana Pacers for Victor Oladipo. So this is the trade simplified. The Brooklyn Nets get James Harden. The Cavs, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I don't know why the heck they would do this because now they have a log jam at the big man position. The Cleveland Cavaliers are getting Jared Allen, the uh, one of the centers for the Brooklyn Nets, and Tarion Prince, another average, he's a good slashing four, going to Cleveland. So if you're the Cavaliers, now you're looking to ship Andre Drummond and also Kevin Love because Allen and Prince are a lot cheaper than Kevin Love and Andre Drummond. If I'm the Washington Wizards and I'm willing to, and I want to keep Bradley Beal at peace and happiness, I'm looking to trade Andre Drummond. That's a little future hot take that possibly could happen as the trade deadline hits. So that's who the Cleveland Cavaliers are getting. That's who the Brooklyn Nets are getting. The Houston Rockets are getting Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, Radonis Kukuris, four first round and four first rounders and four pick swaps. So they're getting a 
huge ton of picks. They're getting Dante Exum. Eh, he's, eh, he's okay. Victor Oladipo. He was an all-star before the injury. You can tell he's still trying to get back with the injury. And then Rondis Krukas. Absolute scrub. No disrespect to him, but he's a backup. So, and the Indiana Pacers are getting Karis LeVert. So that's what all four teams are getting in this trade. It is crazy what went down. So, and also the Pacers are going to get a second rounder. Sorry, so I had to throw in that second rounder as well. So crazy deal that happened. Honestly, the Brooklyn Nets, now that they got James Harden, as long as Kyrie Irving can find his passion again for basketball, and the Brooklyn Nets are easily going to be the best team in the Eastern Conference. The Philadelphia 76ers right now should take their time. Let Simmons, now that Ben Simmons is no longer in trade talks, because for the whole season he's been in conversations for trading with James Harden, and his play, is his scoring has declined terribly. He went from averaging 16 points, he's only averaging 13 points a game, only taking nine shots. So, it's Philadelphia 76ers, if I'm Daryl Morey, Daryl Morey, I am relaxing now, and I am letting and seeing how the Sixers core with Seth Curry, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, how they all play with each other, and then come trade deadline, as the trade deadline gets closer, I'm at least looking at offers for Bradley Beal and Zach Levine because with Zach Levine, you wouldn't have to give up a Ben Simmons to get him. He is a stud and he has voiced his opinion on how he would love to play with a point guard that's pass first and unselfish, which is Ben Simmons and a dominant big man down low, pretty much hinting that he would love to play with the Philadelphia 76ers. So those are two names that I would pursue as Daryl Morey and the Philadelphia 76ers, and they're also way better fits than James Harden. Let's be honest, James Harden has gained at least 20 pounds in two months. He looks like he's unmotivated. It's a win-win for the Rockets and the Nets because now James Harden reunites with Kevin Durant. They have had talks for years about how they wanted to play with each other. So they, it's pretty much the Brooklyn Nets are like the Oklahoma City Thunder of 2012. But instead of Russell Westbrook, you get Kyrie Irving. So that makes Brooklyn easily the top East contender. And obviously they could be they could beat the Lakers in a seven game series. You have LeBron and AD, two top five NBA players, but they have to go up against Kyrie, James Harden. Art, that's already going to be the best backcourt and you're going to have Kevin Durant. And to make matters worse, they still have Joe Harris, who is a bucket that shoots 40% from deep. They have DeAndre Jordan, not the best defensive center, but he can get you a lot of boards. They have Jeff Green, Spencer Didwitty. I know Torres ACL. Maybe he'll come back as the season progresses. Who knows? And then they also have Landry Shamit, and they have solid, they have Brown, they have solid bench pieces. That can that really, yeah, they miss. They're gonna miss Karis LeVert because he's a bucket off the bench. But you have James Harden, Kyrie, and KD. That is now the big three in Brooklyn. And man, as a Sixers fan, it's going to be interesting. I think the Sixers need to get a Zach Levine or a Bradley Beal. 
for them to really have a shot at beating the Brooklyn Nets in a seven game series. I do like how Embiid is playing, however. Right now, if the season ended, he is the clear-cut MVP, and his stats back it up. He's averaging over 26, 14 rebounds, over a block a game, a steal a game, shooting over 50% from the field, almost 40% from three, and also almost 90% from the field. He is almost a 50-40-90 shooter as a big man. So that's just something how Joel Embiid is playing. He's playing free. It's not always about backing down and posting up for him. He's hitting a lot of mid-range jumpers, a lot of fall away, fadeaways. That's Embiid's game off the dribble, dribble pull-up shots. He is doing things that Joel Embiid always has wanted to do. And that's because Doc Rivers is letting him play free. He literally had 45 and 16 on Tuesday night. So Joel Embiid is playing great. Philadelphia 76ers right now. I know Seth Curry is going to be out at least until this weekend. Tobias Harris, Matisse Stiebel, and the rest of the core of players that have missed significant time. They've already missed a week's worth of games, and it doesn't help that the Sixers have had are going through a stretch where they've had five games in seven days. Doesn't really help when half your team is going through COVID. The Sixers before COVID. Or seven and one, really playing well. So once everyone gets back, I think the Sixers are you're really gonna see them take off. The only thing I am worried about with the 76ers is Ben Simmons' role on the offensive end. Right now, he's averaging eight assists a game. I've been telling people for a while if Ben Simmons can get you 15 points, eight rebounds, and 10 assists a night, that's a win. Ben Simmons needs to get his scoring up. He needs to take at least 12 to 15 shots a game. He needs to get his free throw numbers up. And he also needs to get his assist numbers up. Ben Simmons, in order for the Sixers to take the next step, Ben Simmons needs to give you at least 15 and 10. 15, 8, and 10. That is a solid stat line. Ben Simmons should, there's no excuse now why not. Ben Simmons should at least be averaging more than 10 assists a game. That's just how he plays. He's a pass first slashing guard. Well, big man. He needs to work on his finishing building more and hitting just a mid-range game. A couple mid-range jumpers a game. That'll open up your passing and everything else. But that's the only thing I'm worried about with the Sixers. And if his and if this plays continues, like on Tuesday night, he just took two shots. That is unacceptable if you are supposed to be the second star of the team. Unacceptable. On a night where you don't have Seth Curry, you do not have style. You do not have Tobias Harris. You do not have half of your team. It's literally you and Bede and rookies. You got to step up. Why is Tyreek Maxey shooting the ball 15 times and you're only shooting twice? That has to stop. Ben Simmons has to step up on the offensive end. And if he does not, the Sixers will be happy to ship him for Bradley Beal and possibly another guy. And I don't want to see Ben Simmons go. His potential's great. He's a first-team all-defender. He's a great passer. He's a great ball handler and leader of the team in terms of running the offense. I don't want that. I don't want that to go away. And he's only 24. The sky's the limit for him. But what do you guys think? What do you guys think about the James Harden trade and also about the 76ers? What do you guys think the Philadelphia 76ers should do? But you guys listen to Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. 
We're going to take a quick break here and we're going to get into a lot of football talk on the next segment. So stick around. And again, you can tune in every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. I hope you guys stay safe and stick around because Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez will be right back. and welcome to the second topic of today's Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. Earlier, I talked about the Philadelphia 76ers and I also got into the James Harden trade, everything that's went down with that, all what all the teams got and everything. I honestly think that it's a wild deal. And quite frankly, I think the Sixers actually won, not giving, not giving up Simmons, Stiebel, and Maxi. So that's just how I honestly feel about that. But now we got to transition to some football, honestly, because the Philadelphia Eagles, as great as the Sixers have been this year, the Philadelphia Eagles are a hot mess. And literally before this year started, we had high hopes. The Eagles were going to make the playoffs, win a division, and quite frankly, possibly even get into the Super Bowl the way how this roster was supposed to be set up. I was not one of those people, honestly, that thought the Eagles were going to be a Super Bowl contender. I thought we would be a playoff team and win the division because if you think about it, Mike McCarthy, it's his first year in Dallas. Ron Rivera, it's his first year in Washington. And... The New York Giants, another young coach. Those are three guys first year during a COVID pandemic year, whereas the Eagles have had the same coach for now his fifth year, going into his fifth year. Carson Wentz going into his fifth year. And Eagles were up 17-0 against the Washington football team going into halftime. No, not going into halftime. Carson Wentz throws a pick. Washington scores a touchdown. And Washington comes back to beat the Eagles. And that was the start of a terrible football season from Carson Wentz to Doug Peterson to Howie Roseman. It was all a dumpster fire. Absolutely garbage. As a fan, analysis, analyst, whatever, beyond furious with the Philadelphia Eagles season. This is a grade F. I'm giving the Eagles a grade F. Offensive line play, injuries. Eagles had 14 offensive lineman changes and lineups during the year. Carson Wentz, 15 interceptions. Garbage. Jalen Hurts comes in. They beat the Saints, but then his other three games, he looked like a rookie out there. Now you have two guys that are going to battle it out, even though Carson Wentz has voiced his frustration. And if Carson Wentz ends up being the backup, he's going to want to get traded, which in thus causes a huge cap hit, over $40 million, by the way. The Eagles have put themselves in such a terrible position 
And what did the Eagles do? They fired their head coach, Doug Peterson, and keep a general manager that has not drafted a single pro bowler other than Carson Wentz in his last 50 draft picks. Let that sink in, folks. The Over the last 50 draft picks, that is five NFL drafts, the only pro bowler, and it's easy to make the pro bowl in the NFL. There's a difference between all pro and pro bowl. The Eagles just have one pro bowler, and his name is Carson Wentz, and that was during the 2017 season. Not a single pro bowler drafted. And that's why the Eagles sucked this year. Overall, 4-11-1. And now they have the sixth pick in the NFL draft. And I am so nervous because Howie Roseman does not know how to scout talent. Let's be honest. Howie Roseman has missed on so many guys. He takes a quarterback in the second round when if you if anyone has any common sense in football and how to manage a team, your first three round picks are supposed to be guys that can contribute right away. And then that's when you take, and then the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounds, that's when you take a shot on a kid that does not really, that you don't really know. And that's one of the things, honestly, that I'll give Howie credit for. Jordan Maialata was a seventh round pick. Jalen Mills, people love to bash him. Jalen Mills is our best, is our second best corner slash safety right now. He was a key part of the championship run. He was a seventh round pick. But that's when you take the chance on the on the players in the later rounds. Your first three rounds, you need to hit on at least two out of three. And, and the Eagles have done terrible. Everyone that was drafted in the 2017 draft, other than Derek Barnett, has left the team. That's one draft out the window. Don't get me started on the 2019 draft. Dillard, the first round pick the Eagles took, looking like a scrub out there. You can't miss every single year. The Eagles have missed out on so many guys. I wanted Dalvin Cook. A couple years ago, the Eagles had a second round pick. I wanted Cook. DK Metcalf, we all know that. We took JJ at Thega Whiteside over DK Metcalf. We have also taken, even this year, I've been saying this. People have the people that have been listening to my podcast for year in and year out. I have said, I have picked names that the Eagles should draft, and all the names that I pick, or most of the names I pick, turn out to be studs. I have been speaking highly of Justin Jefferson. For the longest time, he is a beast out of LSU, has great hands, and if you can't, in my opinion, the best receiver in the draft is CeeDee Lamb because he can run the full route tree, but Justin Jefferson was a slot guy, and Justin Jefferson set the rookie record for over 1,400 receiving yards this year, and Eagles could have taken him at 21, but no. Howie Roseman wants to make a splash. He wants to catch people by surprise. And he traded up. He traded. Well, not traded. He took a guy 
in Jalen Rager that had that was a second round pick took him in the first round. I don't get it. I do not get it. And the, and he still has a damn job. I don't get it. Doug Peterson. I'm one of those guys that if Doug Peterson goes, you clean up the whole ship. Get rid of Doug. Get rid of the coaching staff. Get rid of the general manager. Start over. Because this, unless we hit on this year's draft picks, which is highly unlikely based off of Hallie Rosen's track record, Eagles are going to be bad for the next two years. I am not expecting them to make the playoffs next year. I am not. They're getting, they're old. They don't have talent. There's no explosive plays. Now, I think Doug Peterson's play calling was terrible. But I, I think he brought us a Super Bowl. And if there was one guy out of the two I would have kept, I would have kept Doug and I would have got rid of Howie. Or I would have just got rid of both of them. So the fact that Howie Roseman has a job, I'm, disgu- I'm disgusted. And... For those who did not hear, Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, the president, speak on speak to the media on Monday. Man, when I heard when I heard his press conference on the radio, I almost drove my car over a cliff. He was clueless. Clearly, did not watch football for the entire year because I don't know what he's talking about. I would pull clips, but I can't get filed for copyright, so I cannot pull clips of what he said, but his press conference was absolutely terrible, he defended Howie, he talked about how Nate Sudfeld had the best completion percentage of anyone in their first NFL start, I'm like, shut the hell up, what, like, you don't know, like, what are you talking about, you don't know what you're talking about, and that's one of the, my biggest pet peeves, if you're an owner, and you're put in a position where you should know your stuff and you don't. I'm looking at you like I know more information than you do. And I'm just a guy that watches football, watches film. I've been saying this for weeks that Carson Wentz has lost his confidence. No one likes to admit that. Garbage. Absolute garbage what the Eagles have been. But Doug Peterson's coaching record over five years. I'm going to give a little tribute to Doug P because he did win us our first ever Super Bowl, and that's something. He has a statue of him and Nick Foles doing the Philly Philly, the Philadelphia special. He will always be remembered as the coach that got us our first Super Bowl. No hard feelings, Doug Peterson. He took us to three postseasons. We won. We went four and two under Doug Peterson in the postseason. One of the things that Doug Peterson did great was get the Eagles ready for primetime matchups and and get them ready to play against the big teams. The Eagles have had some great wins against the Rams. They beat the Rams twice under Doug Peterson. They beat the Saints. They beat the Vikings. They beat Atlanta when Atlanta was good. They beat... uh, I'm trying to think who else they beat. They beat the 49ers on the road. They beat the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay. So under Doug Peterson... The Eagles, he always got the best out of his team when it mattered most. And even during those back-to-back nine-win seasons, the Eagles were great in December. We were one of the best December teams up until this past year. And even this year, we got a big win against the Saints in December. So Doug Peterson, as a leader of men, 
is amazing. And he's going to get a job like that. You win a Super Bowl for a team that's never won anything. The thing that hurts Doug Peterson is his play calling. And in order for him to stay relevant in the NFL, he's going to have to give it up. He sucks as a play caller. Miles Sanders, been incidences where Miles Sanders has dominated the football field and Doug Peterson stops giving him the ball. That's play calling. And I think part of the reason why Wentz was so bad, yes, Carson Wentz missed a lot of throws and he was awful. But you got to put the blame on the coach as well. What the hell was Doug Peterson calling out there? No clue. So in order for Doug Peterson, that's, and that's probably one of the reasons why Doug Peterson ended up getting fired. Because Jeffrey Lurie did not like the direction Doug Peterson was heading in terms of staff. Doug Peterson wanted more say. It was more of a mutual, I want to leave. Because Doug Peterson wants to have more say in the front office and player personnel and drafting. He didn't want to get Jalen Hurts in the second round. That was all Howie Roseman. Again, trying to make the big slap, big splash, hit the home run. Sometimes you got to take the single. Some, sometimes you got to dump it off to your running back. Sometimes you got to throw the ball away. Take the safe pick. Your first three rounds should be guys that are legit. I'm going to keep saying that. But anyway, Doug Peterson went 42-37 and 37 with the Eagles. Obviously won us the Super Bowl. Four wins. Four huge wins, all with a backup quarterback, by the way. My salute and my praise to you, Doug Peterson. Thank you for giving us something that I will never forget. I will never forget the Super Bowl. I had a lot to drink that night. I was running down Philly. People were jumping on top of cars. Thank you, Doug Peterson, for giving me something that I've never experienced as a fan and that my dad, my my mom, everyone, my even my grandmother has never seen Eagles win the Super Bowl. It was great. We all had fun. We hung out with friends, and it was great. So, Dougie P, salute to you. Now it is time to transition to the last topic, NFL Weekly Picks. And man, oh, man, oh, man, the divisional round is here in the NFL. The Browns upset the Steelers. I knew that was going to happen because one of the things with football and one of the things I've noticed, teams that talk smack usually get their butt whooped when it matters most. And the Steelers were one of those teams that just would not shut their mouths. They were Juju Smith was dancing on logos. Team was doing the Corvette Corvette dance on TikTok. Making fun of teams when they were beating them. And let's be honest, they were not playing against good NFL teams. They lost to Washington. They lost to the Bengals. They're playing like garbage. So I knew the Cleveland Browns. And then what, what really set, what really pissed me off. And if I was a Steelers fan, I'd be like, yo, why are you talking so much? Juju Smith talked about how the Browns are still the same old Browns. Stupid. The Browns made their first postseason playoff berth. Since 1994, the Bill, like this postseason has been great. The Browns have won their first playoff game, their first road playoff game since the 1960s. That's how long it's been since the Browns won a road playoff game. The Bills won their first playoff game since the 1990s, and the Bucks won their first playoff game since 2003. Absolute, 
that was history last week. So, we're going to pick all of these games, and I'm going to give you guys a score, and, and I'm going to give you guys an explanation as to why, and a key matchup for each game. So the first game, Green Bay Packers and the Los Angeles Rams. I'm going with the Packers. Green Bay looks like the best football team in the NFC. Aaron Donald has banged up ribs, but the matchup of the game is going to be can the Packers defense stop Cam A. Akers and that run game. Make Jared Goff with his broken thumb or Walford, whoever plays, beat you through the air. Another matchup, Jalen Ramsey on Devontae Adams. That's going to be a huge matchup. So can the other receivers, can the Packers also get a good solid run game with Aaron Jones? Because they're going to need that, especially with Ramsey on Adams. Jalen Jalen Ramsey is a shutdown corner. He talks a lot, but he backs it up. So that's going to be the matchup of the game, and I think the Packers have the advantage. The Packers can take advantage of Aaron Donald being a little banged up. They can run the football. Aaron Jones, and then Vandy Scandling, and also, uh, who's the, I'm forgetting, uh, Anthony, uh, Lazard, and all those guys need to step up, and I think they will. Aaron Rodgers is the MVP of the year, and you'll see that next week, or this Sunday. Packers win 28-20. to 20. I just think that the, that the offense scores enough points. Rams struggle on the road at Lambeau Field. The next game, Buffalo Bills and the Baltimore Ravens. This game is the hardest game for me to predict, honestly, just because both teams are playing hot. These are the two hottest teams in the NFL. The X factor, in my opinion, is going to be the weather in this game because they're predicting snow in Buffalo, and Lamar Jackson has never played in snow before. And and I found that astonishing. So I think that's going to affect him a little bit. Can the Bills stop the Ravens rushing attack? That's going to be the matchup of the game. They got to make Lamar Jackson beat you through the air. And especially if it snows, advantage Bills. On the elements, Josh Allen has the better arm compared to Lamar Jackson in tougher weather conditions. So I'm going to go with the Bills. It's going to be a low-scoring game because I'm predicting snow. Bills win... 20 to 20 to 16. I think that the Ravens are going to go for two a couple times and not get it. It's going to be hard to kick with the snow. Next, Chiefs and Browns. Browns are at the Chiefs. The Browns have won their first playoff game since the 1990s. Man, history in Cleveland. I think coming off of a high-intensity game. Now, I don't think the Browns are going to get blown out. I actually would take the Browns to cover right now the spreads at like nine ten points I would take the points for Cleveland for this week I think the Kansas City Chiefs win the game however uh, a key matchup is can the Browns keep Patrick Mahomes off the field the Browns are going to need Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt to run the rock both of those guys should at least get 15 touches If the Cleveland Browns can get over 30 rushes, I think they'll win this game or have a shot to win. Keep it close. 
Kansas City is explosive. You need to keep them off the field. You need to control time of possession. And for the defensive side of the ball, can Miles Garrett get a pass rush? Because Olivier Vernon is not going to be there. He's out for the year. So can Miles Garrett get in Patrick Mahomes' face? It's going to be tough. But I think the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Cleveland Browns 27 to 24. I think that the, it's going to come down to a last second field goal for the Chiefs. Don't. A lot of people are saying Browns will get blown out. I'm, I'm not one of them. I think the Browns keep it close. But Chiefs win 27 24. And the last game of the divisional round Saints and the Buccaneers. Here's a quick stat for you guys. Well, not a stat, but it's in throughout NFL history. There has not been there's not been a lot of teams that are, that were able to beat the opposing team three times in one year, and the Saints have absolutely whooped the Bucks both times they played them. But this Bucks team is different now, especially with the avert with the. With the way Antonio Brown is playing. Sorry, guys. I'm trying to put this into words. Antonio Brown is playing his best football right now. He is coming off of back-to-back 40-plus yard receiving touchdown games. Antonio Brown is really that third option besides Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. So it's going to come down to the matchup of the game because Marshawn Lattimore is going to be on Mike Evans, and they always go at it. But the matchup of the game is going to be can Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown get open and can Tom Brady get good enough pass protection the, uh, the Buccaneers are also going to get Devin White back that's a huge that's a huge add to that defense and I honestly think the Buccaneers are going to go in New Orleans and win Drew Brees is not playing his best football right now the Saints got lucky that they took on a Mitchell Trubisky Bears offense that was garbage absolute garbage out there so I, I think the Bucks win this one. It's very hard to beat a team three times in a season. It's very hard. And I'm going to pull up this. I, I can't even pull up the stat. That's how rare it is. Only, I believe, four teams that, that were in NFL history were able to beat, beat the same opponent three times in a season. I know the Steelers did it a couple times to the Ravens. But other than that, that's it. So that's just something for you guys to think about if you're betting this game. I like Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. There's just something about Tom Brady in the playoffs. It's just like playoff Braun. Like, you're not going to stop LeBron James in the playoffs. You're not going to stop Tom Brady in the playoffs, especially with all these weapons at his disposal. But that's the key matchup. Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown versus the Saints secondary. Marshawn, you already know Marshawn Lattimore is going to get in Mike Evans' face. He's going to... Mike Evans will probably get a couple catches, but he's not going to be... He's not going to give you... a He's not going to give you over 100 receiving yards. And if he does, then that's a win for the Buccaneers. So I got the Buccaneers winning 31 to 26. I think that is the over of the week and the only over of the week, in my opinion. So to recap my picks, Packers over the Rams, Bills over the Ravens, Chiefs over the Browns, and the Buccaneers over the Saints. And this concludes today's podcast i hope you guys enjoyed it i know it's a little bit longer this time because i had a lot to talk about with the eagles and everything 
You guys can listen to Swoop Radio every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and just search Swoop Radio and I'll pop right up. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe. And this is Josh signing off. Swoop!